candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. I'm Lena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie, a Riverdale recap podcast. And we are here to talk about Chapter 54, Fear the Reaper, by Janine Selena Schoenberg and Will Ewing, directed by Alexandra LaRoche. Yes. Even when I don't make a joke, you have a two-second pause. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we're just going to dive in. I guess so. Yeah. Because you didn't have a joke. So what else is new? Uh, so we pick up pretty close to where we left off. Um, <laughs> just to drive away. Uh, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we join FP and Jughead rushing into the home, their home yelling for Jellybean. Yes. Uh, where they find a note inviting them to play G&G uh, and that it will all, you know, lead to deciding the fate of Princess Jellybean. Mm-hmm. In case you weren't watching last time, now you're caught up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kurtz and his cronies have kidnapped Princess Jellybean. Yes. And of course, Gladys gets home right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is like, what's going on? Where's JB? And they're like, we have a lot of shit to fill you in about. Mm-hmm. First of all, he was elected governor of Illinois. We were all very surprised. Because she's underage. And not a resident. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the dog should just come record with us anytime. I have a place to keep my notes. <laughs> yeah, they fill her in, and she's, of course, like, oh, we have to find that son of a bitch. And FP's like, he's in my cruiser. <laughs> I did it already. <laughs> it's not just a uniform. He really is the sheriff. <laughs> yes. So we go to the hospital. Another short drive away from where we left these characters. Yes. Everyone's there that was basically at the fight mm-hmm. uh archie veronica elio um, mad dog bunch the, of random people that were probably in the crowd the family <laughs> of randy the randy ronson family the the doctor comes out and is just, just you know we tried everything we could the autopsy will decide how he died <laughs> yeah that's how you want to break people to you you leave them a very simple logic puzzle yes yeah all we know is he's dead. Mm-hmm. We're not sure how. <laughs> we started this season with Archie in jail or, or being sent to jail for a murder he didn't do. Mm-hmm. Now he did kill a guy. Archie killed a man with his punch fists. And I don't think it was really Archie. My th- This dude was foaming at the mouth. <laughs> what I think happened is he punched him, and then the dude basically choked on his foam. Uh, his heart exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a lot of freaking drugs he was on. <laughs> Come on. He had a squirt bottle full of drugs. Yeah. He's gonna die. <laughs> so after the, the family leaves to go see the body, mm-hmm. um, Archie decides this is a great time to approach the doctor for the first time about like, hey, he was juicing. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should have told him that. When you arrived, because maybe they could have done anti-drug stuff. He wasn't just juicing. He was like Hawaiian punching. He had a Capri (laughs) Sun of that shit. He was on an all-juice diet. (laughs) He was doing a juice cleanse. (laughs) Yeah. And now we see how effective those are. Uh, So when Archie approaches about this, Mad Dog's automatically like, yeah, 
yeah, he was. And it was Elios's drugs. And of course, Elios is like, no. Elio. Elio. Elios. Whatever. <laughs> I think he should be Elios. Yeah. He's like plural. There's he, many of him. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell him apart from his bodyguards. He honestly. does contain multitudes, yeah. this Elio. I'm like, is that you or is that your bodyguard? I don't know. Let's just go with Elios's. <laughs> It's a, it's a three-shell Monty, because mm-hmm. one of his bodyguards is named Monty. Yeah. 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 One of them's named L, one of them names Lee, one of them names Os. That's why they're Elios. Uh-huh. It's the trio. Uh-huh. Father, like, Son, Holy Ghost right there. The, the Trinity. The triune goddesses, Fu, U, and Un. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Who knew Elio's going to become, like, a god? He's going to, like, reveal his true self. Yeah, yeah. So he's the gargoyle king. Cool. Got it. Save <laughs> no, that for, save no, that for predictions. But of course he's like, no, it wasn't me. It's you, Archie. The blood's on your hands. Literally. Oh. And of course this sends Archie down a never-ending spiral of, oh my God, I'm the killer. It's all my <laughs> fault. It's all, I'm a terrible person. You- ah! For you like half episode. accuse this show of inconsistent characterization when it comes to Archie and self-blame. <laughs> the one Every single time. The one consistent fucking thing on this show is Archie thinking everything's his fault. <laughs> He's on the verge of just taking himself to jail. Again. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Gladys is beating up Kurtz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, he's going on about, you know, well, Jellybean is with my associate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys, you know, have to accept the invite. Because if anything happens to him, they kill her. If they don't play the game, they, they kill, kill her. her. The only way out is through. Yes. And the, the degree to which you can take Kurt seriously is inversely proportional to how much light is in the room. Yes. So Kurtz is actually having some gravitas because there's some really heavy shadows. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're playing this game that involves a lot of reading by candlelight, but you do you. Gotta do it. I, I do enjoy Jughead's line here where he's all like, "Why, you know, I, I played G&G and I've played with guys devoted to the gargoyle king like him. And I'm like, I don't think you should like boast about this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's that great. Mm-hmm. But they all agree to play. Uh, and Kurt's hands out their... Their character cards. They don't even get to pick their classes. Just railroading all over the place. Yes. But uh, FP is a dead eye again, as he was in high school. Yes. Jughead remains the Hellcaster. Uh-huh. Uh, and Gladys becomes the Alchemist, which is a pretty good choice for someone who only moved back to town to to cook drugs. Yeah. 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 I, I, I see. I see what you're doing there. FP is the first to go. And he rolls several dice. And I'm like, I feel like every time we see this game played, they play it differently. Yeah. What is he intending to do with those dice? He, he just rolled three of them. I don't know. <laughs> what What are we hoping for? How do you decide how many dice you need? This is a thing I do know games require. I don't I don't know how many you I do need. I think there, need, there was a D8 me. and a D10. I don't, I, maybe two D10s. It's an interesting system, I'll say. I have thoughts. Meanwhile, we get our last Fred scene. Yeah, I mean... Ever. We might as well talk about it now because it 
this is where it comes up but this is the final episode to to have completed filming by the time luke perry experienced his stroke and then died yes so this scene of once more uh play it again sam uh fred comforting his son while he blames himself for uh i mean he did punch a guy to death like, of all of the times, this is one of the squares times he's, he's going to do this. But this is the final, likely the last time we will see Fred outside of, I don't know, some clever editing tricks. Yes, th- this is confirmed to be the last episode he filmed. This is like the only scene he is in. Mm-hmm. It's art, or, you know, it's Fred being very level-headed of like, well, you said he was on drugs and the autopsy's gonna say, and mm-hmm. you'll be fine. It's voice of reasoning, yeah. It's good that his last scene isn't making waggle eyebrows, because like, ah, oh, you two fucking. <laughs> That's not his last scene. But I kind of wish it was a scene that had more, like, closure and wisdom rather than just, let's look at the facts rationally. Yeah. Because this is the first ten minutes of the episode. So. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Um, and Archie, of course... Still blaming himself. Mm-hmm. No, I knew he was on drugs. I could have said something. I should he say something. Have. I'm never going to box again. I mean, Archie does make the correct point. Yes. That if he... He could have said. If, if he would I mean, have he gone did. along with... If he would have conceded, if he would have forfeited... Yes. Ronson would still be alive. Maybe. It depends. Did he die from being punched out? Or, or did he die from drugs? Overdose in the ring. he probably still would have overdosed. Like, I'm not an expert in fake, made-up Riverdale steroids, mm-hmm. but I have to say getting your bell rung that hard didn't help. Like- no, definitely. <laughs> definitely. D- did Archie have a hand in this not going well? Yes. Did he kill the dude? Mm, autopsy. What, what I'm thinking and what Archie is probably thinking as well is that even if the drugs did, you know, kill him... He would have been on his feet, able to spit out the foam if he weren't in that one no, last round. you see what he looked like? He would have been able to do shit. <laughs> it, it's all about the blood toxicity anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, once those organs start start shutting down on mm-hmm. their own, mm-hmm. eh. Veronica goes to see Hiram uh, with Betty. Really, he comes to see her because this is in Le Bon Nuit. Well, yeah. They, <coughs> they call Hiram to come meet them. Right. Because um, Betty has a favor. Which is... A favor to ask. A favor to ask that Hal has heard about Hiram's wonderful new prison that has <laughs> views of Sweetwater River. Yes. And Hiram's like, ah, yes, the... The waterfront rooms. And uh, Hal would like to be transferred there. And maybe, you know, Hiram can pull some strings, mm-hmm. get him in. It could be really good publicity. He, he does have a crayon sketch in his windowless glass and concrete box. Oh, sweet one. Of, of a, a river view. Is that where he's dumped all the bodies of people he's killed? <laughs> and he wants to be close to it? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Probably. He, he just wants to look upon his works and despair. Yes. Um, so Hiram agrees to do what he, see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Mad Dog calls Archie in the middle of the night, like, hey, dude, what'd you do with those drugs that I gave you before the fight? And stupid ass Archie didn't just throw away the drugs. He left them in his locker at the gym he owns. <laughs> uh, but one thing I noticed is that in this sequence, Mad Dog is wearing an El Royale gym shirt. So somewhere in the past... Eight to fifteen hours, 
he has defected back to join Archie's gym. I'm pretty sure he kind of did. It's that yeah. all started down the path of when he gave him drugs. Right, right. Like, it, it's not a surprise. It's not out of nowhere. And at the hospital, he was sitting with Archie. But it's a weird way to confirm it. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just through wardrobe. Um, so they both rush to the gym to get the drugs out of the locker when they know that the cops just raided Elio's place mm-hmm. and didn't find anything. Mm. So on the way out, okay. rather than the cops finding an empty gym with drugs in a locker, they find a gym with two people and drugs in Archie's hands. Yeah! <laughs> Can't see how they didn't see that coming. Well, they're they're teenagers and one of them's Archie Andrews. Goodness. Uh, so they're both arrested. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, Catching they, up with the Joneses. They, or they are getting a challenge. Yes. Um, and these, these, these pouches are put on the table. There's three pouches with marbles in them. And yes. if, if you get the black marble, you have to tell a secret. Your and FP, greatest, deepest secret. And FP's like, boy, we've been playing Secrets and Sins forever. <laughs> Since high school. No matter what you call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. It's the same thing. So this is clearly a new, uh, a later edition of uh, Griffins and Gargoyles. I feel like this game's just DIY. <laughs> Well, like, you you can tell this came out in the last, say, four years or so, because it's clearly a Kickstarter edition that went all in on, like, the feelies. The little feely pouches? Yeah, yeah. It, you've, you've got all this dressing, all, like, this was probably just came out after being crowdfunded five, six years ago. Yeah. And the company went uh, bankrupt three times and had to get, like, rescued by Green Ronin or somebody just to fulfill all the promises. Yeah. And so they they spent all their time and money on velvet pouches and marbles for the higher tier backers instead of any game design whatsoever. And my question is, why do you need separate marbles when you have different colored dice? <laughs> exactly. You could just use those. That's why I just went in on the PDF level because none of that's really necessary for the full play experience. Yeah. Monty Cook designed Griffins and Gargoyles. It all makes sense. <laughs> Griffins and Gargoyles is Invisible Sun. It's not D&D. It's Invisible Sun. I don't know what that is. Somebody out here is cracking up. <laughs> I am not because I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. It's a, an RPG that cost at least, a I think, $100. Oh, that's bullshit. Uh, maybe more. Quick fact check. It was actually $197, a Kickstarter pledge, to just get the game. It came in a big black box, and when you were backing it, they didn't say what the game was or what was it a, what it was about. But you do know that it came with a, a sculpture of like a charcoal gray six-fingered uh, hand, and that was very important to playing the game. They uh-huh. would not tell you why. Did it also come with your own candle to light while you played your game? Because apparently that's necessary. In the end, once people eventually got the game and read it, you're, you're supposed to put a fake tarot card on the hand. That's what the, the very important expensive hand is for. That's it? Yes! Just, you just put a card on it? You could put it on a table as well. What the fuck? You could put it in your own hand. You could hold it up, take turns. 
<laughs> God. Uh, so Gladys has to go first. Um, and she has to say a sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does. She's like, well, I don't have any secrets. And Jughead snaps at her. Even Kurtz is like, come on. Yeah. Play the game. But Jughead snaps at her because, you know, Jelly Bean's life is on the line. And if she doesn't say something, he will. And FP's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so Gladys is just like, well, I'm the new Fizzle Rocks dealer and Kurtz worked for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all out there. So. FP's going to murder her. Yeah. He he's going to is... fucking kill her. <laughs> And he's none too happy with Jughead either, because, like, that exchange before makes it clear Jughead knew. Yes. And and Gladys does have to state, I told him not to say anything. And I was like, well, really? You threatened him not to? Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a big difference there, which I think you should share to make sure that father-son relationship is still good. Mm-hmm. And now Jughead's plan uh, that he set forward uh, four chapters ago is finally coming to fruition. All he had to do was literally nothing. Yes. And wait for his sworn enemy to do it for him. Yep. We're just wiping that one out. (laughs) So much for taking her down. It's just down. It's all down. Just just wait for the, the deleted scene of chapter 51 where he sits Betty down like, okay, here's my plan. Uh, this guy, Kurtz, I'm going to let him kidnap my sister and threaten her her life. Yeah. Then he's going to put marbles in some baggies. <laughs> Trust me. It's going to work out great. Pito, oh man. The man's mad. He's talking <laughs> about there's going to be a reckoning. Yes. You know that means business. He immediately calls Jughead boy. He almost calls Gladys boy. <laughs> just out of habit. Everyone's boy. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> Princess Jellybean's boy. Except hot dog. Hockey dogs and little schnookums. Where's the little schnookums? <laughs> hot dog is enjoying one of the five bedrooms upstairs mm-hmm. that has now become his own. Hot dog is Schrodinger's cat, but without the box. <laughs> yeah. He either does or does not exist. So, meanwhile, we check in on Josie, who we haven't seen in that long. Mm-hmm. Um, she is calling her dad yeah. and leaving him a voicemail. Because his uh, tour is coming to the region. To the seaside. Yeah. Or to seaside. I think that's what the town is called. Wherever that is. Um, and she wants to get dinner with him. So, apparently, it's close enough to get dinner. Honestly, more than a map of Riverdale's, you know, city layout, I want a map of the county. I want to see Seaside and Greendale and Midvale and and all of these. And Canada. And Canada. (laughs) Where's Canada? Apparently not very far. Then we check in with uh, Tony, who Mm -hmm. is letting um, Betty know that everyone is gearing up for uh, Alice's wedding to Edgar. Yeah, speaking of stuff that could have been telegraphed earlier. Betty asked Alice if she was engaged. It was a very... Not specific reply because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was going on about how well oh their their emotional connection yeah which apparently meant yes we, we are engaged we go from a thing that might have been a yes to oh it's just now common knowledge that everyone that the wedding is soon <laughs> yes and that they've already planned to adopt Juniper and Dagwood mm-hmm. as their own children when. The mother is still in the picture and she's, cool with them. She's there. She's in the cult, happy with them. Why do you need to adopt the babies? Is that, like, she She didn't have her own college fund to give to Edgar, so she's just giving him her babies. It's a rent. 
Oh, oh, that's that's why she needs two. The one is a deposit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So Veronica goes to bail Archie and Mad Dog out of jail. Mm-hmm. Elio is saying that Archie. We tune into like a news station. Yes. Where Elio is saying that Archie's the one that supplied the drugs. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, while being interviewed by Alice. It, it's the oldest trick in the book. Mm-hmm. You give your opponent super strength drugs so he can punch you incredibly hard. Yeah. Just to set him up later. With the hopes that maybe. Maybe. He'll die. He'll die. <laughs> there are so many other drugs you could give to, to do that. Like, I don't know, mercury. Yeah. <laughs> so Archie has to state the obvious that he's been set up. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, you are. Um, and Veronica promises to take down Elio. Then the boys got to go do a pee test mm-hmm. to see if they got any drugs. And uh, this is maybe my favorite part. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because um, Archie comes out with his little cup and talks about how humiliating it is as he hands it over. He's handing it to the judge. Nobody watched him. Nobody was like over his shoulder. He could have had like a plastic bag in a tube. Yeah. Real easy. Uh, but then Mad Dog, once again, providing the, the realism and the grounding, like, oh, you've never been on probation before, have you? <laughs> yeah. And Archie's uh, just like, huh? what's the thing? What? <laughs> Archie was a jail tourist. Mad Dog has always been the, the, more real, the most realistic look this show's ever given to incarceration and policing. Mm-hmm. And Archie's been in and out. Yeah. But gets has never had to experience anything of yeah. the, I mean, the, the common d- man. The day after he escaped jail, he was fully pardoned and expunged. Yep. And has acted like that didn't happen ever since. That's white privilege. <laughs> Archie is the guy that uh, washed out of basic training in the first week, but still tells everybody he was in the Marines. Yeah. That's Archie Andrews. Yeah. Uh, and, like, where's the hat? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he's, veteran. He's stealing uh, criminal valor. Uh, Veronica is doing a press conference, uh, letting everyone know that on they the, had no drugs. On the steps of Pop's chocolate shop. Yes. I, she owns it, I guess, but still. Randy's family's there, and yes, they his, come up. His and, older sister, her kids, the, the no, Ronsons. Well, they're all his. They're, they're all Randy's oh, they're all sisters. They're all his siblings. Okay. The oldest sister apparently raised all of them. Okay. Which was very confusing at first because she's kind of at an age where it's like, well, all the younger sisters, you could be their mom. Mm-hmm. But that makes more sense about Randy. <laughs> um, also, you could be Randy's wife. I don't know, uh-huh. but not. We're, we're, yeah. She's clearly his sister. And she she yells out that. She, Archie murdered her brother mm-hmm. and then slaps him in the face. And, and we, we hear Alice uh, yes. quickly aside to her uh, uh, cameraman, did you get that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed Farmy Alice the first like third of the season. But then Farm Alice just became at the farm, not really doing anything Alice. Yeah. But when she's doing her day job, we, we get really good... A quick Alice moments that that I appreciate very much. And Archie's all like, you know, I wish it was me instead of him. And they're like, 
Yeah, we do too. So does everyone else. Um, so meanwhile, at school, Evelyn gets stopped by uh, the new Miss Grundy. Mm-hmm. Just an old teacher that could have played the original Grundy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a-, a gray-haired school marm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and asks if Evelyn got her meningitis shot. Mm-hmm. And we find out that, no, of course the farm doesn't believe in putting uh, foreign matter in their bodies. Oh, uh, explain the big fun number back during the musical. Apparently those types of drugs are okay, but not the ones that will stop you from dying from diseases and illnesses that are avoidable. If you want to learn more, uh, check out the most recent episode of Sex Archie called The D-Tap, because there's a five-character minimum. I want to just call it D-Tap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is about uh, the vaccine and the diseases, uh, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get your shots. Get your shots. You may need adult boosters, just FYI. The measles outbreak is fucking nuts. Yes, they did say it is the worst it has been. In 20 years. In 20 years. Like, after the last measles outbreak, it was declared eradicated. Yeah, and it was in uh, in 2000. Mm-hmm. It was considered. It's not. Not anymore. No one's getting shots like Evelyn. Not nearly enough people are getting shots like well, Evelyn. Yeah. But we digress. Uh, Evelyn suggests to this, uh, for now, anonymous teacher that she check her file uh to for for proof of of that well yeah because her father has you know signed off that she's not getting stuff and And betty is around the corner and like "Hmm, maybe i'll check your file you didn't do that weeks ago yeah i'm like you're slipping that's like the first thing you do (laughs) you should have done that in like chapter five of the season she's been kind of busy i guess with every other avenue of investigation (laughs) So Betty sneaks into school that night, does her little hairpin, you know, bobby pin thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, scene transition to night with a thunderclap, which... Of course. Yeah, just really enforcing the, the weight of the moment and, you know, that is how heavy Betty will hit you when she's on a tear. Yes. Like thunder. Um, And so she gets her file and takes a lot of pictures of Every single page. There's a lot of pages. It's a thick file. Yes. Um, so we have to go catch up with what is going on with the next quest. And that is for the Joneses to seal, steal some treasure. Jughead, being a game master, must explain yeah. every aspect of this game he has to, to his parents. He has to translate gameese to English. Because um, apparently FP forgot over the last 32 years. <laughs> Reminder. They're supposed to rob the tavern. And that must be... Pops. It could be the white worm. They don't even let that occur to them. Or the speakeasy. You know, any places that serve booze. It's harder to rob the lower level of the same building. I'd stick with with the chocolate shop in yeah. that case. There's always that nightclub from the, from the first season. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of options that the, we don't know about. The also. only thing this town has is places to drink, and yeah. if that's not small town America, I don't know what is. <laughs> So true. It's (laughs) bars and churches and nothing else. Hey, sometimes there's a big box store and a a Denny's. Not where I live. There's a Taco Bell. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Okay, you you were two highway exits from a Taco Bell. But that was like, what, 15 miles or something? (laughs) (laughs) My town had a stoplight and bars. 
and, and churches. A, and a post office. And a post office and a gas station. Yes, but how many designer drugs made of classic candy from the 80s did they have? None, because we grew the real stuff. <laughs> Do you know how many drug busts were in the newspaper? <laughs> It was a weekly occurrence of we found an entire weed field. Oh, we broke into a new meth lab. Oh, I thought that was just soybean. No. Okay. I was recently telling someone informing a city person about how drug making is very big in rural areas. And they were very surprised. Yeah. And I was like, it's acres apart. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot of drugs without anyone ever knowing. Yeah. Why do you think, and you got a lot of bored people. Why do you, you think sell Walter White drove to the desert? It's empty. Yeah. So is farmland. It's empty. You can put up a row of corn and no one will know what's happening behind it. Watch Winter's Bone, people. Right? <laughs> Come on. So, yes, they must go rob Pops to get the ransom for Jellybean, and Kurtz is all like, then you're going to give me the ransom, and I'm going to drive away, and then we'll let her go. Mmm, you hold all the cards, but I'm unhappy. Mmm. Yes. So, um, Archie comes running through the rain uh, (laughs) to visit Veronica, because apparently he doesn't own an umbrella. Or a car anymore. Yeah, what happened to your car? (laughs) And he just busts in, he's like, I can't stop thinking about how I murdered someone. It's all my fault. And then I wrote, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I stopped caring. We're kind of over Archie's martyr complex. I don't give a shit anymore about it. I would like to see Archie go all Christ figure, but more the death and rebirth and radical forgiveness than just the carrying of the sins of the world. Yes. We've done that part. Can we do the rest, please? Anything else with it would be fine. (laughs) Okay, so Archie explains that Elio isn't going to pay out the insurance to Mm -hmm. Randy's family. He's stiff in the family. So Veronica's like, well, we can do a charity boxing event or she's like no, no boxing no boxing no, no. nothing like, good happens from boxing she's like okay the speakeasy we can do something there They're, they'll do a charity event uh, concert the only other thing with josie of course because we have no one else it could be archie like, yeah yeah okay, okay but they want people to enjoy the music so so betty um is placing a lot of phone calls um to Evelyn's um, history of schools. Yeah, she's just going page by page through these records and and lying, uh, impersonating the office staff at Riverdale High. Yes. Double checking their records late at at night. night. Yeah. I'm like, when are these schools open? Who are these school administrators working the third shift? (laughs) What? Did, uh, did Evelyn go to school in, in like, Jakarta? Is it a 12-hour difference? Maybe. Uh, but Betty is confirming what grade she was in when Evelyn was there. Mm-hmm. And then we get Zoom in on this um, pad of paper where she's writing it all down. And every school she's attended, it was her junior year. Yeah, of course she's getting held back. Look how often she's moving. It's really <laughs> hard on a kid. So Betty goes to Miss Wise, the social worker, mm-hmm. who apparently is involved in, like, everything, and presents the information of she's been repeating her junior year for a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's a 
part of a cult, in case you weren't aware. So she <laughs> seems to be the cult member that's going into the school to indoctrinate people and bring them right. back to the cult. While, while Edgar works the adults, she infiltrates the youth. Yes. It might seem strange that there's only one social worker in the county, but I think it's really progressive that they have an equal number of social workers and police. Yeah. I think that's a goal we should aim for, <laughs> yeah. frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jones family is sitting in the car outside Pops, mm -hmm. trying to, like, psych themselves up for this robbery. Just like old times, which makes uh, Jughead what? do a double take. You've done this before? What do you think, Jughead? they have. Remember season one when your dad was hired muscle to just be a vagrant and lower property values? You think he hasn't knocked over a convenience store in his day? One thing I think is very interesting about a lot of this stuff with Jughead is in so many other times when he are put, he's put into situations and he's the leader, mm -hmm. he's like the cool collected, we're going to do this. Yeah. And he is just like a ball of nerves during yes. all of this. Yes. He cannot handle what they're having to do. Right. I, I, I like that because it, it's about... It's the most personal it's ever yeah. been. It's Jellybean. It's Jellybean. It's his family. And also, it's not his call. He doesn't have to put on that face yeah. for, for fangs and sweet pea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just think it's really interesting. It's, a, yeah, it's a, yeah. a, good, a good change to see mm -hmm. that other side of it. So inside Pops, um, Josie is with her dad. Um, apparently, Seaside is very close. Or maybe Pops burgers are just that good don't know and so she's letting him know about how you know she wants to broaden her horizons mm -hmm. and she was thinking maybe she could go on the road with him and tour around um and he's all like mm, probably not <laughs> um, but she's like dad come see me perform you're not 18 yet there's laws about that sort of i'd have to talk to the you need a work permit yeah but just then... He doesn't actually say that, but he no. really should. Yeah, he should. But just then, Gladys and Jughead and FP in... The, they're, they're wearing the gargoyle the masks. The gargoyle masks. Yeah. But then the thing is, they still have their serpent jackets on, which I find odd. It's to throw them off. They don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, and they rush in. That It's a robbery. And take the money. And, and Pops is no longer taking this shit. Yeah, speak, speaking of callbacks to the to the first season, some things do change. Pop Tate keeps a shotgun under the counter now. Yep, and he... <laughs> and FP finds out firsthand. First back, actually, because he yes. takes a full shot. Um, and then Jughead runs for him, and then FP... Or in, Pops is, like, getting ready to fire another one. Yeah, he pumps another shell ready and to... Jughead has to tear off his mask and say, Pops, no, it's me, and it's not what it looks like. <laughs> and Josie but... and her father are laying flat on the floor at this point, mm -hmm. watching this, like, in, like, a like, cobra position, and she's just like, what the fuck? She actually says, now do you see why I need to get the hell out of this town? Yeah. So good. Uh, one thing I want to mention in this scene, though, is that the score is is very, like, Tarantino-esque sort of surf rock. I, I think this whole scene is a, a intentional, like, shout-out to the, the diner robbery in the beginning and the end of Pulp Fiction. I can agree with that. And as uh, 
Gladys is dragging Jughead out. Mm-hmm. FP yells, save Jellybean! <laughs> and I love it. They're focused. Eyes on the well, prize. What I love is it's also like, I. it's so sloppy. Mm-hmm. They're whole, like, I'm like, you guys are like professional criminals at this point, all well, of you. one of them. Well... The rest are, like, amateur, but they've done their, like, fair share. And I was like, this was the sloppiest situation. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of time to plan. Yeah. They're they're rushed. Um, So they rush back to the house, and uh, Jughead knocks Kurt out. Mm -hmm. Kurt's out. um, And Gladys is like, we gotta go. The cops are probably on their way. Betty uh, is visiting Hal, Mm -hmm. um, letting him know that the transfer... Uh, has is being processed. He's yes. it's gonna happen. He's gonna go get a water view. He's going to uh, reside in the presidential suite, I yes. guess. Um, and she also lets him know about how uh, Edgar is going to adopt Juniper and Dagwood, mm-hmm. and he's like, they must be protected <laughs> at all costs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, they're babies. They but... throw babies in fire. Yeah. Um, so he tells Betty to go to Penelope because she will be invested in this. Yeah, uh, they're her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Betty does this. And at first Penelope's like, oh, whatever. But Betty talks about how like, well, you know what it's like to be in a, adopted mm-hmm. into a family that just controls you. Right. Remember the Midnight Club? Remember that really good episode? Yeah. <laughs> that made us think there might eventually be a Penelope face turn? Yeah. We're, we're finally cracking open that door, or at least pulling on that for a character motivation. Yes. Yes. Um, so Penelope agrees, and they go to the farm, and we catch it up with them as Penelope is leaving with one baby, because mm-hmm. she apparently got them to let Dagwood go. Um, but she had to leave Juniper behind because what? that was the only way. Dagwood? Wait, who? who's Dagwood? Don't you mean Jason Jr.? Yeah, she then <laughs> says, I negotiated the release of one twin, Jason Jr. Consider it a win. <laughs> what the fuck? She's going on and on about how hard uh, th- this was. It's the best she could possibly do just by the skin of her teeth. But this was a closed-door thing. And, like, Betty, are you really going to trust that yeah. that's true? Mm-hmm. She seems a little too eager just to have Jason Jr. The whole Wisdom of Solomon thing, though, does make a lot more sense when you have two babies. Mm-hmm. Cutting them down the middle doesn't actually cut anything. Clean up, way better. Less mm-hmm. noise, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Elios, all three... <laughs> Uh, his trio. Uh-huh. Uh, Elias Brothers, big boy. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, they show up to Archie with all like, we got some unfinished business. Uh, here's the money you won from the Gilded Gloves. Mm-hmm. Which Archie's like, I don't want. It's blood money. It's blood. They are paying him for a murder. They are. They are I at mean, this point. Again, um, he, he may not be right, but he's not wrong. Yes. Um, and Elio keeps going on about how, like, well, you're a killer now. You could go far. Think about it, Reaper. Yeah, he, he's renamed Archie the, the Riverdale Reaper. And, like, first of all, that's taken. Yeah. That's Hal's dad. Uh-huh. Who, who murdered all those people in a farmhouse. Yes. And then had Svensson pin it on a, a traveling preacher who got killed by the Blossoms and their friends. Yeah. 
So you can't have that you title. Can't it's have trademarked. That title. Trademarked. That's that's his best friend's grandpa. He can't steal his name. <laughs> yeah, Archie refuses the money. Eventually, they leave. Tussle. Mm-hmm. Um, we go check in on Kurt's now being in the sex hole. They dump a, a bucket of water on his face to wake him up. And that's not how you're supposed to treat your GM. Your GM wants your attention, your engagement. A pizza would be nice. Not a bucket of ice water. Well, Kurtz is a jerk. Yeah, well, that's true. It, it is a social contract, and I think he, he broke it first. So, well, before they wake him up, though, <laughs> just so you know, there, there, there's a bit of a, a conversation that happens mm-hmm. where, where Jughead points out the fact that even if they save Jelly Bean, they've already lost because they've robbed Pops. People know they did it. They mm-hmm. can't stay in Riverdale. And Gladys <laughs> is like, yeah, we'll just get in the car and we'll leave. And Jughead is taken aback. He, how could she say such a thing despite doing it before? Yes. I, I don't think Toledo's the only place she's been in the meantime. I think for him it's more like... How, how can you ask me how, to do Yeah, it? how yeah. can you say, we'll just do that to me? Like, mm-hmm. this is my home. This is our home. You're the reason it's being destroyed. Also, do you think so poorly of my dad's ability to cover things up as the sheriff? Yeah. So, yes, Jughead dumps the water and they want the next challenge, Mm -hmm. which is to fight the Cyclops. And And Jughead's like, I don't know what this character is. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in his edition of the game. Again, a, another Kickstarter exclusive. There, there are blind bags mm-hmm. of of uh, quest cards, like a sealed envelope that that's randomly distributed. Yeah. Gosh, this thing must have cost a lot of money. <laughs> but so yeah, Jughead doesn't know, but Gladys is Gladys like, I might have an idea. And I also am racking my head trying to think. Of, okay, well, it's somebody with an eye patch. Nobody on this show has an eye patch that we know of. It's the pirate from Spongebob. Meanwhile, oh, this is actually when we find out that Elio is actually withholding the insurance. Veronica informs Archie of this. Mm -hmm. Before they were just going to fundraise to fundraise to be nice. But this is where we find out. We we find this out in a scene set outside of Elio's boxing gym, which is named uh, Casa Grande. And that is incredible because it means Archie can never escape the big house. It just keeps following him. Uh I love that. That's a good little thing. And they, they get Josie in on it, who, of, of course, is like, yeah, I'm the benefit girl. That's what I do is I sing for benefits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Even though she wasn't at the Save Pops benefit. Yeah. Um. So Archie's like, huh, okay, I'll be back. <laughs> Gotta go find Elliot. Gotta get that boy. So it's that night, mm-hmm. and the the club is is hopping mm-hmm. and Josie's kind of sad because she doesn't see her dad yet yeah and he's not at his reserve the, table and the reserve sign is in French because of, of course it is but you know she's gonna go on because the show must go on and and Veronica's like you got it girl mm-hmm. you get it um so Archie does find Elio at and, uh, Casa Grande yes. And of course, he's like, oh, the Reaper is here, and mm-hmm. just being a total douche. He's going to get another present of a robe and, and shorts that say Riverdale Reaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Archie lets him know that he will be taking the prize money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you made a promise to Randy's family, and I'm going to 
make sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm not going to give you the check. You just told me your whole plan. <laughs> Fuck that. And Archie slams him old Betty style into the car, mm-hmm. just like Betty did to Evelyn last time. It's like, well, you keep calling me the Reaper. Like, maybe you'll see what the Reaper really is like. Yeah, I will shoot an innocent family of four in a farmhouse. <laughs> like my best friend's grandpa. Take that. Now give me that check. So, meanwhile, Kurtz is leading Gladys and Jughead to the final challenge, which was is at what is now the Serpent Den, mm-hmm. previously the Gargoyle Lair. Mm-hmm. And they really have cleaned it up. Like, we, we've seen the set a few times in the meantime, yes. but, like, having Kurtz come in and comment on it, you really notice how, you know, clean it is. There's furniture in there. Light yes. is streaming through the windows. Like, street lights. It's still nighttime, but it's something. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then comes out Penny Peabody, bum, who bum, is not bum. dead. But she does have a metal-studded leather eye patch, which has to be the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Her eye has to be so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, like like her temples and her forehead, that whole like strip. And like very that, sweaty. that little part like uh-huh. between your nose and your eye. She has to like flip it open to drain the sweat out of her yeah. eye hole. Or it's gonna get infected. Yeah. yeah. It's just mucusy under there. Yeah. Like sweat and bacteria. Yeah. She kinda looks like Papa Near from from the first Near, actually. What's Near? It's a video game. Oh. It had a recent sequel, Near Automata, that everybody loves. Oh. It's about robots that are sad. Oh, sad robots. Yeah. Uh, Kurtz let us know, lets us know that the weapons will be some Ninja Turtle style shit. <laughs> they have to fight with size. They have to fight. Like, we, we can now put it on the chart of, of Gargoyle King uh, I- identity clues. It is someone who really loves Raphael. Yep. Um, <laughs> and in this moment, Josie starts to sing as Gladys and Penny pick up their weapons. She's singing Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. As these two women uh, uh, work out their differences, shall we say, and we find out both of them have experience fighting with size. They're the only two fans <laughs> of Electra, starring Jennifer Gardner. Gardner? Gardner? Does she have a D? Jennifer Affleck in my heart. <laughs> they never split up. Gardner? It's Garner. Garner? Yeah, without I, a D. I think I always thought it had a D. <laughs> Jennifer Garber. Her part in yes. Alias. Yes. Wasn't just her dad in Alias, her dad in real life. Real life. Always yes. in her heart. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of Alias. Yeah. Way back when. Fringe is better. Fringe is so much fucking better than Alias. <laughs> but I mean, but we've learned that Penny is immortal. Yes. Every time she suffers an injury that should be debilitating or deadly by infection, if nothing else, she comes back again. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a fun wrinkle. Uh, So while they battle, Kurtz and Jughead have to sit on the sofa and watch. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jughead is prevented from any interference, even making a sound on threat of Jellybean's life. Yes. Gladys... Like, corners Penny and has her and is going to, like, go in for the kill. And Jughead's like, no, don't. Like, you don't have to do it. You just had to defeat her and you did. We can mm-hmm. go. Just declare that your last hit was subdual damage and you're not a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. 
And while she's distracted, Penny goes after Gladys. <laughs> and I'm like, what'd you fucking expect? You took your eyes off her. Mm-hmm. But uh, another thing that happens every time Alex, every time Penny reappears, yeah. is that she is less dangerous, I feel like. Yeah. Because, like, when she showed up in Toledo, she was, like, an informant and she had threats that didn't come up to much. Mm-hmm. And now that she has, has come back... Uh, Penny of the one eye. Uh, she's she's a physical threat, but she still gets dealt with in a single episode. Depth perception. Depth perception. Yeah. And yeah. Gladys gets a win, but with a, a broken arm. And we, we later learn a ruptured kidney. She gets stabbed. Which is no good. Uh, while Penny, the loser, merely has a, a stabbed thigh. So she is actually better off. Yes. Jughead's allowed to get Gladys to the hospital by Kurtz and the Gargoyle King, so that's pretty yeah. nice, I guess. They take a short rest. She spends some healing surges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josie is finishing her song, and as she ends, we see that her dad's there, and just, he claps longer than anyone else. Just in a different seat, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Gonna trick ya. Um, we also catch up with... Miss Weiss, who has come to see Betty regarding mm-hmm. Evelyn, and she followed the papal trail, and we find out that Evelyn is 26 years old. <laughs> so uh, I was curious, so I looked. Evelyn Evernever is played by an actor named uh, Zoe de Grand Maison, mm-hmm. and she is 24 years old. Yeah. So here's a rare, rare case of somebody on a teen drama playing a character older than they are. What? <laughs> This show is breaking boundaries. Yeah. Uh, But then we have some more news to drop here, because it's not just that she's older. This did not make it into the episode, I don't think. No, no. Just a couple days ago, though, I said to you a prediction I had, which was that Evelyn was not actually Edgar's daughter. But was his wife. Yes. Yes. I I think you said that when we were out at dinner yesterday. Yes. Well, guess what? I was fucking right! We find out that Evelyn is his wife, not his daughter. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. I thought she could be both. But that, oh, that, creeper. that does give a little more credence to uh, uh, Edgar is Charles Smith. Yes. A little bit. Like, it was either teen, teen dad or not actual dad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was playing with this this whole process a lot more this week mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, Definitely Charles. I think he's collecting family members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's trying to make up for it, which totally makes sense now that he has a wife and then he's trying to marry his, like, his fucking mom. He's trying to marry his mom. And he wants to adopt his his, his niece and nephew. He's just yes. trying to collect it and that's what the cult is and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. creepy. So that that's the reason then that uh, Polly and Jason originally got with the farm because the farm was her long lost brother, his long lost uh, cousin of, of some number mm-hmm. trying to draw together his relations. Yeah. 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 This is all coming true. If we end up being fucking right, <laughs> like, they got to call us to start writing the show. So Betty calls Tony because she's like, I need to get in and save the baby. Yes. 
Meanwhile, Jughead does drop his mom at the hospital, and uh, Kurtz just patiently waits in the truck for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you gotta give your players time to, you know, have a snack, use the bathroom, stretch, yeah. chat out of character for a while. It's all about maintaining people's engagement. Yeah. And sometimes that means breaks. Okay. Well, Jughead demands to be taken to Jelly Bean uh, right that moment, and Kurtz is like, okay, fine. I'll drive, wear this blindfold that I just happen to have. <laughs> there is no way on earth that Kurtz didn't study magic out of a guide <laughs> for pickup artists. Yeah. He is that guy. Yeah. Yes. He's like, oh, look, I also have some flowers, Jughead. And a big furry hat. Yeah. Just as a conversation starter. Josie's dad is telling her about how she did such a wonderful performance. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so great. And she's like, well, thanks, Dad. I really thought you bailed on me. I wanted you to feel abandoned because I'm a good dad. Because you have to understand, if you're going to be in the music business, that has to be the only thing you want. Mm -hmm. Is that the only thing you want? And she, like, commits that performing is the most important thing, even more important than having her dad love and support her. Yep. All of these parents are awful. So he's like, great, start packing. We'll go to Nashville tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Archie goes to visit Randy's sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. Specifically the older sister, the caretaker sister. Who informs us that... This is where we find out that all, she all the raised them. Yeah. Um, she tried to do her best. All these things. And, and he slides over an envelope with all of his uh, winnings, plus the, the takings from the concert. Yes. And she starts to cry, and she's so thankful. I, I guess his winnings were what was keeping the family afloat. Yeah. Well, he, and he seemed to be the breadwinner, apparently. Yeah, I'm assuming that... Um, and also, you know, now they're having to deal with, like, funeral costs, which right. is an insanely fucked up thing. Yes. Um, what a business it is. I mean, she's got to pay her lawyer to try to put Archie in prison. That too. Yeah. You know. Because apparently that's not the state's job anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, Tony has gotten Betty into the farm. In her all-white disco action suit. Yes. Um, and Betty gets Juniper, and they start to run down the hall, but then they see someone coming, so Tony has them duck in a room. But, but then it's, it's the gargoyle chamber, and it's where all the farmies are collected, and it turns out Tony went in undercover, but was turned, because she and her girlfriend have so much in common, you guys. <laughs> And because she just wanted a family, and that's yes. what she's been looking the, for. And that bit I did it. appreciate. Yes. Like, it seemed like Tony was the safest from them. But you go back to, to everything she said about why the serpent losing the serpents was such a big hit for her. Yes. When the poisons came, and then why it was so important for the poisons to be hers and not Cheryl's. Yes. And she found that family, that, that love-bombing acceptance yet again. Yes. In these cardigan-loving freaks. Yes. Yes. So we we have we have Edgar, we have Alice, we have um, Cheryl and Tony. There's Mr. Weatherby. There's Kevin. Kevin and Fangs and Polly, mm-hmm. who now has Juniper, and then all these other people. Betty shouts at Alice that you can't marry him. He's already fucking married. And everybody's like, yeah, we know. There's no secrets here. 
That is not a lie. We've been very open. Um, and they're just all smiles. And then Edgar's like, this was about getting you here. And then they just start chanting, join us. Join us. They're all Join us. They're also warm and caring and, and mutually supportive. And creepy fucking smiles. And Betty just cannot accept a Riverdale where people are happy and like each other. Because that ain't right. It's it's so foreign to her understanding of who these people are, what this town is. And Edgar goes around and like, we welcome you. And, you know, be a, a sister, be a daughter, mm-hmm. be a friend. And, you know... She she takes a couple steps forward and is like, you know, say yes, Betty. And then she sees a flash of the twins being held over the fire and then levitating um, from way back when. And she runs out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Edgar's like, go after her. And, and, and she's running down the path outside the building. There's it, just a single file line of yeah, all of them yeah. following her. They're not just a family. They're not just a religion. They're a jogging club. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets in her car, and then they're all, like, slamming on the windows, mm-hmm. and she she drives away. And Remember the best scene from Spielberg's War of the Worlds? It's not like that. No. It's, it's not. <laughs> like, they're trying, but it's not. <laughs> I was like, why didn't anyone stand in front of the car? Yeah, like in War of the Worlds. <laughs> Like, that's how you do it. You stand in yeah, front of the car. Yeah, you stand in front of the car. You make her throw it in reverse. She runs over Kevin's foot. He's in a cast now. And we drive home farther that that Betty is has to continue questioning whether she's the monster, whether she's the disruptive one. Yes. The, that same inner conflict that led to her handing her mother back. Yeah. But no, they, they don't really push hard, as hard as they could have. Uh, so meanwhile, Kurtz has brought a blindfolded jughead um, to the junkyard, mm-hmm. um, and there are two old-timey uh, fridges. I think one's even an icebox. Like it has, yeah, they're like pretty iceboxy. It, it has a drawer for the big block of ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they have, in what I assume is blood pictures drawn on them one is a griffin one is a gargoyle naturally and he's all like you know you've heard the story of the lady and the tiger and i'm like i don't that's a specific story i don't know that one but okay and they lived happily ever after <laughs> the, the lady and the tiger that that's uh that movie life of pi right or they mean like the lady and the tiger Rawr. the tiger Rawr. in space Rawr. yeah Rawr. Okay. Okay. The lady, the lady in the water. Yes, we all remember <laughs> that classic of cinema. Uh, fish sex. Oh yeah, I love splash. <laughs> no, it's like a, <laughs> the water one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, you know, behind one is your sister, and behind the other is, is death. Doom. He said doom. 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 Okay. Which is death. Yeah. Um. And so Jughead has to pick. And he opens one, and there's nothing in it. And he opens other one, and there's nothing in it. And he turns around. I'm tired of these GMs always fudging their roles behind the screen. And then, Just be honest to the story. And then Kurtz has a fucking gun to Jughead's head. <laughs> and is telling him to get inside. You know, then she will be freed. And he's like, not until I know she's safe. So, like, Kurtz calls up. Calls up Ricky. Ricky. 
And Ricky you know, DeSantos. And he's like, I want to hear. So he hands Jughead the phone, who talks to Jelly Bean, and she's she's she none has, the she doesn't know she's been kidnapped. She's having a great well, time. And I'm like, you saw the freaking Gargoyle King girl. She's been having a sleepover. She's apparently she doesn't remember seeing the Gargoyle King or something, or she thought it was someone in costume. She's just really happy to be playing G and G with her good friend Ricky, mm-hmm. and they made popcorn and talked about boys. I guess I don't know. Jughead gives the phone back. Kurtz tells him again to get in. And uh, Jughead is inside. And then quickly, Kurtz is like, the Hellcaster is contained. You may kill the princess now and slams the door shut. And like puts a screwdriver in the latch so that Jughead is locked inside. Yes. And so then Jughead has to try to break his way out. He beats his way out of this tiny cramped compartment. I'm glad he picked the larger one because he would have no leverage if he was in the smaller box. Also, he would have needed like a a step stool. Yeah. So after (laughs) several attempts, he he busts through and he sees a dead Kurtz. A dead Kurtz. And behind him, the looming figure of the Gargoyle King. When he went in, it was just the, the stick effigy and the, the like B version, the simple tripod stick yeah. effigy. And now but when it's... he comes out, it is the king. And he he runs off, gets in the car, goes home, and and there's Jellybean. And no, she's... Again, none the wiser, not aware she was being held. And she's like, where's Ricky? Oh, he left, like, right after you called. And Jughead mutters something that uh, to to rationalize uh, her not being dead and just confuses poor JB. And me, because I didn't hear what it said. (laughs) I don't know what he said. So, but she is safe and he is safe and both his parents are kind of hurt, but that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. She was still wearing her hat, wasn't she? I don't think she was in the elf ears. No. The elf ears hat. I like the elf ears hat. Very good. Very cute. Um, so we go check in on Josie, who is practicing some music. She's practicing uh, a song called Fear Nothing, which is an original song uh, from Riverdale that she was playing in her very first scene. <gasps> it's the song she's oh! rehearsing with the Pussycats in chapter one when oh. Archie busts in to, to ask for their help with his, his music. She's really not coming back. She's going to be on Katie Keene forever and we'll never see her again on Riverdale. That's, it's her goodbye. It's really symbolic. It's, it's, very, it's very bookend. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, well, Archie's standing in the doorway watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the music practice room, right? It's the it same is. room. It is. And I'm like, is it the next morning? <laughs> what? Well, they fucking love really? school. <laughs> they can't keep these kids out of school. Yeah. And, you know, he's all like, I heard the show was amazing. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. And she's like, I got to tell you something. And and she tells him about how she's going to go on tour. And he's like, honestly excited for her. And yes. he's like, oh, that's he's awesome. So excited. Like, when? Over summer? Tomorrow. Go, going tomorrow, which does mean it is that night. Yeah. It is like 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> she, she should be booking her flight because there's no way you're driving from the Canadian border to Nashville tomorrow. Right? He he starts to kind of realize and he's like, well, you're never coming back. And she's like, 
We'll see. We'll see. She talks about places she might wind up, including New, New York. York. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge if you've been following industry news and casting announcements. Uh, he's like, well, I was going to ask you to prom. Archie, let me give you a hint from, from one man to another. <laughs> this is why you ask your prom date out one year in advance. They got to put it on their calendar. If you aren't asking your your date for senior prom the night of your junior prom, you fucked up. And then, years after that, you marry her. Yeah. Yeah. And then you adopt a dog. Hi, Moki. And then you yell about television for children. It's not for children. <laughs> it's for the young at heart. The young at heart. So they, they have a nice smooch and embrace. Yeah, and it, and it really is a nice goodbye. It's, 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 a, it's a good way to say goodbye to Josie. It's the goodbye they couldn't give Fred. You know, we're, we have a wrap on Luke Perry. Whether that's a, a goodbye to Fred or not, we have a few weeks to see. Yeah. But they, they had a chance to have Josie film the scene where she leaves. Yes. And that is something we, we will not have. So Jughead is at the, the hospital visiting Gladys mm-hmm. um, and lets her know that FP will be out of jail in a couple days because former Mayor McCoy has uh, fixed it all and has proven that he was under distress. Duress. W- or duress, and it was not his choice. And yeah, obviously. Yeah. Also, fixed it with who? The cops. Pops. I feel like Pop Tate is the kind of guy who would be like, oh, it's you? I'm not pressing charges. <laughs> like, I'm going to do the minimum I'm legally required to get my insurance payout. It, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. thing I'm legally required to do to not get charged for shooting you. Yeah. <laughs> well, all FP has to do is not press charges. Yeah. I, either as the aggrieved party and also as the, as the law. Yeah. Yeah. Although on that end, that's the prosecutor's call who is sometimes Attorney McCoy when she's not on retainer for children. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's very confusing. So so Gladys is like, well, you know, Jellybean and I will be hitting the road tomorrow. And I'm like, how? Rupture Organs. kidney. You can't drive on that and she can't drive at all. You also have a completely bandaged up in cast arm. For her shifter hand. Yeah. Maybe she has an English car. Ah. Jughead's like, no, she should stay with us. She she shouldn't be out traveling around. Like, it's good for her to live with us. Mm-hmm. And she should stay. And maybe you should stay. You know what happens when, when you move all the time? You wind up with an Evelyn. And we don't want that. No, no Evelyn. No, one is enough. Yeah. And so he, he encourages her to, to face the music and, you know... Face it as a family. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I I should at least disappear for a while. Maybe <laughs> I'll come back. Maybe when FP's not so mad. <laughs> At me for running all of the drugs and... Being kind of a terrible person and... Threatening you to not tell him about the drugs. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens uh, right at the end of the episode. She she packs her bags and, and says farewell and leaves Jellybean behind. Yeah. And again, Jughead, it, it took him four episodes, at, but he got his his way. The The truth about the Fizzle Rocks operation is out in the open. With Je- just his family, though. With, not with anyone w- else. With dad. 
<laughs> yes. Which, which was his goal. Jellybean is with them and Gladys is out of town. All the things he wanted and he didn't have to lift a finger. Yes. <laughs> All that determination for nothing. Uh, so we go check in on Elio, who is in the sauna mm-hmm. with Hiram. Yes. Uh, and he's like, you know, Randy's dead. Mad Dog left. The reputation of my business is in question. And then starts talking about Archie. And mm-hmm. Hiram's like, well, I'll take care of him. And he's like, what about your truce? And he's like, well, there are two Archies. And then Hiram <laughs> talks about how Archie held a gun to his head, which means he knows he, about what happened. He, yeah, he he made a truce with the Archie that saved him from uh, Sheriff Minetta in the hospital room. He's still at war with the Archie that came to kill him before Sheriff Minetta got there. Yes. What a fucking hair to split, my dude. <laughs> Um, so over at, uh, Archie's gym, Mad Dog is sparring with himself, and he's like, Archie, I want a sparring partner, and all I'm thinking is, did you move your family? Elio is not gonna let you have that house much longer. (laughs) Um, but Veronica comes in and gives Archie a pep talk about how he needs to get back in the ring, and he's Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want to be the Riverdale Reaper. He's like, no. Because I don't want to be the Riverdale Reaper, because if people Google that, they're not going to find me. It's about branding. She's like, no, you're the Red Hope. Aww. Uh, And she's like, get back in there for me. And so he does, and he goes and spars with Mad Dog like old times. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he can get another hobby, Veronica. Stop making him do stuff. That he has emotional issues with. (laughs) This is very manipulative and abusive. All of the other crime lords have to be laughing at Hiram behind his back. Because he used to hang out with, you know, adults. Mm -hmm. And then he became obsessed with a 16-year-old. Yes. Who he managed to not kill many, many times. Yes. And now his his crime-planning sauna buddy is a 17-year-old. Hiram (laughs) has a thing for the young boys. He did wrestle a lot of high schoolers last season. I am questioning a lot of things about him. (laughs) It is, for some reason, it is important to Hiram and Elio to keep Archie in the ring. Important enough that it is implied that Veronica's nudging is at his request. Well, it was more like, he's like, if I know my daughter... Right. It's like I know that she'll do this because she's going to encourage him. It's it's a it's a subtle bit of what d- does did he plant something in her ear or or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, but why? They're obsessed with shirtless shirtless young men. That's what it is. They just need to get his top off. That's their plan is to just get Archie in the silk shorts. Yeah. Promotional purposes, I yeah. guess. Well, they want to introduce him to, like, their next business route, which will be, like, porn. Does that mean that Hiram and Elio are stand-ins for the CW marketing department? Maybe. Okay. Uh, So, meanwhile, uh, Betty comes home, and we are reminded, oh, yes, she is living with Veronica. Mm -hmm. Kind of forgot about that. Um, And Veronica has been calling her nonstop. Hal was being transported with some other prisoners to the Sweetwater River Jail, mm-hmm. um, and there was an accident. 
And Betty's like, did he escape? No, there were no survivors. Bum, bum, bum. The end. So, darling, what'd you think? I I thought this episode was all right. I mean, I, I enjoyed um, the the Kurtz quest. I, I enjoyed all of the individual parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that I'm just really tired of is that it is individual parts. Why can't the kids be together? Well, they did that like two episodes ago. Yeah, and it was good. It was good. Why Why can't that be the norm? Why can't they at least pretend to be involved in each other's lives? Well, Archie, Veronica, and Josie kind of were. Right, right. But not very much the, in scenes. Veronica was available to be part of Archie's story because there wasn't a Veronica story. Yes. Just just check in with each other. Just call each other on the phone. Well, that's what was... Involve each other in each other's plans. Um, that's what was so nice about last episode mm-hmm. where we had those like lounge check-ins yes um that were just so fun and perfectly timed Mm -hmm. just just to be reminded that oh yeah they're they're still friends they care about each other they're trying to be involved in Mm -hmm. each other's lives they're just really busy imagine how much stronger betty's decision to to leave when she's wavering when she's being convinced like look at all of the people who care about you here in this room if she had instead thought of the friends she's very close to that weren't there. Mm-hmm. If she had a moment with her boyfriend that day or her next door neighbor that she grew up with since diapers that day yeah. or the friend who took her in when she lost her family to these lunatics that day. Yeah. Well, and even if it was just things where like they were trying to reach each other but can't because mm-hmm. so, Jughead is on this quest and if he answers his phone, his sister will die. Di- right, right. Or, you know, things like that. Where they're just trying to communicate. I mean, Mm -hmm. we got like Mad Dog calling Archie, but that's... that's Mad Dog is a closer friend to Archie than Jughead in this episode. Yeah. Yes. And I love Mad Dog, but like, he hasn't been here since chapter one, is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of connection. It felt like I was watching three shows at once and flipping between during commercials. Yeah. That that had a very cohesive uh, aesthetic. I liked... All the stuff with the quest. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely completely over Archie having the world's burdens on his shoulder. I do yeah, not care. We, we definitely made that clear this week, our, our feelings. anything else for Archie. Any other any emotional other, journey. Any other emotional journey. Anything at all. <laughs> I would like him to finally be a part of some situation where he's like, fuck that shit. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. And for that to actually be the case. <laughs> and not for him to be like completely oblivious to it. Because mm-hmm. it's tiring. It's the same thing. I mean, there's... Um, I also liked the stuff with the cult. I, par- and for Josie. Part of keeping a show running 54 chapters mm-hmm. is is a denial of, of closure, of catharsis. But like, give me little bits... Give me little ones. And I know we're, we're running up to an ending. Yes. We're, we're running up to uh, the second to last, which is when things ten- generally pop off. And the last episode where teens get together and feel at each other. Yes. If the last two years are any indication. And, and I love it every time. But that, that doesn't mean we have to spin our wheels in the meantime. It, it doesn't mean we can only go further into the things we've done. Yeah. We, we can find other paths to those explosions and, and drama. Yeah. 
Or even if it was things where, like, okay, you want to go on this, like, roller coaster of it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Well, have him acknowledge the fact that, like, he's been down this path before, but he still can't help but feel this way. Mm-hmm. And, like, have Veronica say it. She was hanging out with him today. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been there. She's seen it. Ad- address those issues. She refused to leave him when he was at the worst point on that when his dad was shot. Mm-hmm. He he didn't do it much. He he seemed to be a lot better with his position in it once he uh, uh, made his penance. Yes. And and once uh, he he made amends with the Ronsons. Yeah. But it's the fact that we had to to get there through such. Yeah, it's like familiar footsteps. Yeah, like it would have been nice to have a moment where he was empowered to be like, this is what I'm going to do mm-hmm. and not have to have the wah, wah, wah. This is terrible, but I've been here before. I know the path out. Yes. Yeah. And and then the challenges come not from within, Yeah. but from Elio, from people putting up obstacles in his path. Yes. Yeah. With the quest stuff, I gotta say, I loved having a bit more of a like complete Jones family Thing. Yes. Even though Jellybean wasn't interacting, I enjoy seeing the family interactions of that. Yes, um, yes. Because the family interactions in this show are usually what is so great. Mm-hmm. Is we're so used to seeing like the Lodges and the Coopers and all these things, so it's nice to finally get that. P- picking them off one by one is a great way to, of course, wrap up the tension and the stakes. And in the end, it's it's only Jughead who can save her. But imagine how much fun it would be if they stayed together as a unit. Yeah. Imagine if, if we got more of the family doing family things. Yeah. Because we, we haven't had much of them, you know, catching up with the last 10 years, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there there were a lot of callbacks to the first season. What if that included Gladys finding out that her son was living in a, a janitor's shed for yeah. a while? Like, hey, that, mom, you know that one time I called you? And you could even make a joke you? out of that, and it would be a, a darkly funny joke. Yeah. Or like, hey, mom, you know that one time I called you mm-hmm. that we've never really fully addressed about how, like, you said I couldn't come visit? Yeah, life was really shitty for a while there. Let's talk about stuff. <laughs> Or uh, more of Jughead finding out about his parents' uh, teenage and young adult escapades. Yes. I would love for him to have that converse, like one of those like story things like Betty had mm-hmm. with Alice for the flashback right, episode. Right, right. Something like that, that. That'll be next year's flashback episode <gasps> is is the, the Joneses raising hell on oh, the gosh. south side. It, it's summer and all the other Midnight Club kids are, are back from college. Oh, yeah. 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 To, to meet up with the ones who didn't go away. Yeah. Like like Fred, he'd, he'd be running Andrew's construction as, as an 18-year-old, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I feel like you're right. I, th- I think we have seen the last of Josie in Riverdale. Um, I, possible I, future guest spots. Yeah. But accepted. She, she's done. But yes. She won't be in the next few episodes so let's talk about that Let, let's talk about josie mccoy and and how riverdale treated her it's been a journey and i wish it was more of one we've been very very pro josie very pro ashley murray on on the entire run of this show especially as time has gone on mm-hmm um, I like where she, her characters ended up compared to where it started. Yeah, she started very icy, very severe, very cold. Yes. Um, and I think they had 
developed her into a much more endearing character. I mean, she might be the most realistic and relatable of the teens. Yeah. Uh, Valerie before her had that. And then when Valerie left the show, I guess uh, Josie inherited. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's unfortunate that we're seeing her move on to... I mean, she's going to be Josie on a different show. Yes. And she's going to be central main cast. So hopefully my biggest issue is that there just wasn't enough of her. Yes. Which is my biggest issue with some other characters. A lot of characters, yeah. Um, Can Kevin get a spinoff? Right? (laughs) Come on. Kevin's busy doing a musical right now, though. Yeah. Casey Cott. Casey Cott is busy doing a musical right now. Maybe Kevin is too in the farm. They they have to do something. Yeah. He's writing his own stuff about cows. (laughs) Because they love farms there. Yeah. They love two farms. Yeah. That's oh, just, it's gonna be like that's just Oklahoma. There's already a musical about it's gonna, cows. It's gonna be like Godspell meets Oklahoma because uh-huh. Edgar's all like it's my calling, and I'm like the Jesus of farms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's gonna be. I'd see Fangs as curly. I could. I yeah, that makes sense. I would not because I fucking hate Oklahoma. <laughs> what an overdone show. Hear that sooner, listeners. Don't like it. It's it's not very good. The last time I had to watch it, man, that cast fucked up. But about Josie. Okay. <laughs> Hers was a story that was told in flashes, right? Yes. I mean, it was, it was only the second time we've seen her dad, but Ashley Murray carried her character well enough that we can imagine that the whole history between them Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in the space between those two episodes, or, or, you know, the broad strokes at least. Yeah. And I think she should be commended for that. And and the writers who left, you know, enough meat on those bones for, for them to, to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the same with, like, her shifting perspectives on, on her priorities and her commitment to the group and then her commitment to herself and... One thing I wish got more attention was her relationships with the other kids. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl in particular. Yeah. Because that kind of went away. They were suddenly best friends, and then they hated each other, and then they were just kind of neutral and didn't hang out. Yeah. I did really enjoy um, her relationship with Archie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was one of the best choices they've made with Archie's character. When it happened and when it was the focus of, I think, one, maybe two episodes. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. And when it was in the background, it was still like, she's supportive. He's an, he's honestly like endeared to her. Yeah. Like just that moment in this episode where like he's honestly happy for her about yeah. this perspective, you know, this thing that's going to happen for her. And there there was just a very, like, sweet quality to mm-hmm. that relationship. They, they care about each sides. other and support each other. Yeah. And she expects and enables him to be the person that, that uh, we all wish he would be more often. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, he's, like, a better person mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. So I, at least she's going out on top. At her best. Yes. I mean, I I don't know what Ashley Murray wants for her career moving forward, but if this pilot doesn't get picked up, maybe she comes home for senior year? Maybe not. I don't know, but I'd be open to it. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. 
they have left it open where that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so darling, what are your predictions? Well, Hal's not dead. Like, do you take me for an idiot? Hal Cooper did not die. Obviously, fuck you. <laughs> like, that one doesn't even count. Like, we all know, right? Hal Cooper did not die in the bus transfer. They're going to be like, this is his body. But it's not. It's too burned to know. I want to know what happened that made there be no survivors. (laughs) Did they run into a volcano? It's the exact opposite of the beginning of Fast Five. (laughs) (laughs) They flip a prison bus. And everyone survives. And no injuries even. (laughs) Really good seatbelts. Really good. Really good. What do you think is going to happen, dear? I think Edgar is Charles. Just got to say it again. Reiterating. I mean, I I think that nothing disproves and and even has some slight sideways uh, extra evidence Uh with with being a secret marriage, not a child. Mm -hmm. We could say the same of Gladys as the Gargoyle King. The Gargoyle King only appears in person when Gladys is not around. The Gargoyle King does not use an arm. Could could be <laughs> could have a cast under that cloak. Well, like someone else, she can send someone else to like stand in for it. I mean, maybe and do her bidding. Kurtz is far gone enough to have offed himself and made it look like the king did it because yeah. the king was too injured. <laughs> what if Kurtz didn't know Gladys was the Gargoyle King? Oh, I mean, so only Kurtz, appears in the skull. Like, this was him turning on her. Mm-hmm. So she is the Gargoyle King, and she sends people to do her bidding. She had Kurtz murdered for kidnapping Jellybean and putting them through this. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And also why the order to kill Jellybean was rescinded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going with this bullshit. Gladys called, Gla- uh-huh. Gladys called young Mr. DeSantos uh-huh. and says... Don't do what Kurt says. I am uh-huh. the king. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prediction right there. There you go. There you go. Um, I also think that Penelope is going to put one of Clifford's old wigs and take it and make it baby-sized and put it on Jason Jr. Yes, obviously. Naturally. Yep. yep. Missed opportunity if they don't. But yeah, I, I think Penelope only wanted the boy. All of oh, her, yeah. everything she said to Betty was a lie. She came oh, yeah. in like, just give me the boy. I mean, and, I thought that was known. And ke- I thought that was assumed. Like, oh, you, you'll give me the boy. That's okay. Can can I just stay in the room for 15 minutes to make my story sound better oh, when yeah. I talk to, to Betty? She, cool, cool, she cool. She didn't want Juniper. She yeah. only wanted Jason. She's mm-hmm. always had a thing against basically all the females in her family. Yes, and all the males out of the family. <laughs> yes. She's just a misanthrope. It's really inconsistent. It's the only explanation. Um, so, completely makes sense. I also think she, he's going to be like, she's going to make a little outfit mm-hmm. to look like the outfit, the all-white outfit Jason was wearing um, when he went into the river. Yeah. Which, let's talk about that. Like, the only times that, like, Cheryl wears all-white was when Jason was going into the river. Mm-hmm. The when, funeral. The funeral, when she was going to um, kill, basically was like strangling her mother in the hospital and now at the uh, farm. Oh, she she was in an all white gown when she uh, burned the house too. Yeah. So anytime Cheryl does something extreme, mm-hmm. it's all white. That's a big connection right there. 
It's her power color. She says it's red, but it's not. I like her in green. I don't know. Maybe it's just the hair that really makes the green go. Yeah. I, I hate even talking about this. But what if how Fred dies mm-hmm. as a character mm-hmm. is the prison bus crashed with his car? That would be maudlin. And he was one of the no survivors. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh. Because it was coming to Riverdale. It was coming yes. to the river. He could have been on his oh way to the construction God. site. Yeah. Oh, I God. hate to even talk about that. It's possible, but like, God, what would that mean for everything? For everything, but for for Betty and Archie, like, would would that bus even have been there that day if not for that one transfer? Uh huh. Oh. Yep. Mm. I'm sad, so we're gonna move on. Okay. So, here's some things we do know about next week's episode. It is called Prom Night, and there are at least six films named Prom Night. Yeah. We have the 1980 Prom Night, which was a a masked serial killer sort of slasher movie at prom. So that's probably the one starring... Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Goodness. Jamie Lee Curtis didn't get enough uh, that uh, heat from Halloween. She had to do prom night as well, I guess. Then we take a bit of a break until the 2003 prom night, which is not a remake or a horror movie of any kind and has very little information on IMDb. So I I don't think this movie uh, lit any fires or, or has any attention. Maybe they're talking about the 2008 prom night which uh, is a, a remake about a sadistic killer attacking prom. That one starred Brittany Snow. Yeah. Oh, Brittany Snow. Oh, never mind. I got sad because I was thinking of Brittany Murphy. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, what about Brittany Snow? Like, she's fine. But prom night movies have been coming hot and heavy in recent years with one in 2015, one in 2017, and one in 2018. Oh, my God. One's a dark romantic comedy starring... Uh, no one we know. Absolutely no one. Uh, written and directed by Josh Shane. Well, that's a short. Well, there you go. That's probably why. Uh, the 2017... Also a short. Is also a short. And 2018's Prom Night is also a seven-minute short. So we ran out of Prom Night. Our Prom Night reserves have been running low in, in the, this current decade. So we've been doling it out piecemeal, rationing the Prom Night. Yeah. I think it's named after the Jamie Lee Curtis, Leslie Nielsen prom. Probably. But that trailer, though, is all Gargoyle King all the time. We see the Gargoyle King in school. We see Betty and all the serpents going hands in to join the Fellowship of King Killing. We see goblets and graffiti. Yes. We see Edgar Boxing? He's shirtless. Shirtless Chad Michael Murray. I I thought maybe there were like boxing gloves, but I could be wrong. There is boxing of some sort. Maybe that is Hiram's plan to keep Archie in the ring to punch Edgar Evernever. There is also uh, Archie's mom. Yes. Which could make sense that she's back. To deal with the fact that Fred's dead. It does make me wonder if that is, if we're going to start seeing clear evidence of, of rewrites. Uh, yep. And, and maybe the, the return of Mary Andrews is part of that. Yep. 
but then she does tend to come in toward the end of seasons. Maybe she's just there to comfort her son so who maybe thought this she murdered planned. someone. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll she, see in she, a week. She's used to that. We'll see in a week. Now, I know I've mentioned it the last few episodes, but the Fellowship 2nd Edition Kickstarter is still going, and that's not going to be true for much longer. We are in the last few days, so please check that game out. It has consistent rules that lead to fun, which is more than I can say for uh, Griffins and Gargoyles. Yeah. What about little velvet pouches? No pouches needed. Oh. Yeah. It's a pouch-free game. Um, so, uh, with that, be sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us. Higher the better, because we love you. You can also tell a friend about our wonderful show that we have so much fun doing. Uh, we are getting toward the end of the season, and that not only means transitioning to our our off-season bonus episodes, it also means that soon and very soon... Uh, a whole lot more people are going to be watching Riverdale on streaming. Yeah. So now is the time to whisper in their ear about the the, the number one uh, companion slash replacement in order to, to keep up with what these crazy kids are up to. Yes. Uh, you can also follow us or tell your friends to follow us on social media mm-hmm. at sex underscore Archie. Uh, Just today, uh, I used that Twitter account to uh, share a video about the origin of private prisons, because that's what this show is about. We like to have fun over here. (laughs) Uh, So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Jason Jr. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, honey. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. Please.